Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. That's C-O-N-C-E-R-N-I-N-G-H-I-M.com. Paul has spent two years in the city of Caesarea in prison. Uh, During that time, he has access to some of his friends who can bring him supplies, food, bedding, clothing, Uh, but he's not allowed to leave the Praetorian, the, the Roman guard, and he is waiting his trial uh, before the Roman governor. In our last session, uh, we saw Paul appeal to Caesar himself directly, and uh, the governor Festus had agreed to send him uh, to Caesar in Rome. Now, at the end of our session last time, we saw Herod Agrippa II come to Festus, and uh, he asked to be able to hear Paul and what he had to say. And so that's where we're picking up today in Acts chapter 25, and we're going to start our reading in verse 23. Acts 25, verse 23. So on the next day, Agrippa and Bernice came with great pomp, And they entered the audience hall with the military tribunes and the prominent men of the city. Then, at the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. And Festus said, King Agrippa and all who are present with us, you see this man about whom the whole Jewish people petitioned me, both in Jerusalem and here, shouting that he ought not to live any longer. But I found that he had done nothing deserving death. And as he himself appealed to the emperor, I decided to go ahead and send him. But I have nothing definite to write to my lord about. Therefore, I have brought him before you all, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after uh, we have examined him, I may have something to write. For it seems to me unreasonable in sending a prisoner not to indicate the charges against him. So Agrippa said to Paul, You have permission to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched out his hand and made his defense. I consider myself fortunate that it is before you, King Agrippa, that I am going to make my defense today against all the accusations of the Jews, especially because you are familiar with all the customs and controversies of the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, spent from the beginning uh, among my own nation in Jerusalem, is known by all the Jews. They have known for a long time, if they are willing to testify, that according to the strictest party of our religion, I have lived as a Pharisee. And now I stand here on trial because of my hope in the promise made by God to our fathers, in which our twelve tribes hope to attain as they earnestly worship night and day. And for this hope I am accused by Jews, O king. Why is it thought incredible by any of you that God raises the dead? 
I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth, and I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them, and I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme, and in raging fury against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. As we begin this session, Festus had promised Agrippa, the, the son of King Agrippa who had died in Acts chapter 12. You might remember there that uh, Paul and Barnabas had taken a gift to the believers in Jerusalem, and uh, Agrippa I had imprisoned James, the brother of John, and, and put him to death uh, by the, the sword, and was about to do the same thing to Peter, uh, as well, when the angel intervened. Um, this Agrippa I had died in Caesarea uh, at that point. His son, Agrippa II, is the one that we see now before Festus. He has an audience with Paul to hear what he has to say about the gospel and about Jesus. Now, Luke says, that the next day Agrippa and Bernice, his wife, came with great pomp and entered the audience hall with tribunes and the prominent men of the city. They made a big deal about their appearance in verse 23. When Festus gave the word, Paul was brought in. Festus spoke first to explain the situation in front of Herod's entourage. He says that the whole Jewish people petitioned him about Paul, both in Jerusalem and in Caesarea, shouting that he ought not to live any longer, verse 24. This shows the great pressure that Festus was under to act on behalf of the Jews. But Festus says that he found Paul had done nothing deserving of death, and when he appealed to the emperor... Festus decided to allow it and to send him to Caesar in verse 25. However, Festus was at a loss for what to write to Caesar in explanation of Paul's circumstances, particularly why he needed to visit Rome and stand before the emperor himself. So, Festus says, that is why Agrippa and all of his prominent people have come today to assist Festus in writing something to Caesar in explanation of Paul's case. In verse 26, Festus finishes his discourse by saying, For it seems unreasonable in sending a prisoner not to indicate the charges against him. Verse 27, all this shows that Festus was really looking for support in sending Paul to Caesar, and having the support, the backing of, of Herod Agrippa II would increase his reasons for acting as he did. Can you imagine how Festus might be viewed if he had sent Paul to Caesar without giving him a clear explanation of why uh, Paul was being sent to him? Uh, Caesar probably would have been more than irritated with Festus, and if you uh, have the irritation of the emperor, you probably end up losing your position quickly, and sometimes perhaps even your life. Agrippa then addresses Paul directly, 
in chapter 26 and verse 1 by saying, you have permission to speak for yourself. He was now going to have opportunity to address Agrippa and Bernice. Now, Herod Agrippa II was a ruler in mainly the northern regions of Israel around Galilee and some cities in Perea, which was on the other side of the Jordan River in the Transjordan. His sister, Drusilla, we saw already as the wife of the former governor, Felix, and his other sister, Bernice, Yes, you heard that right. He had taken as his own wife. Paul stretched out his hand and made his defense before Agrippa and Bernice and all of the people there in this following speech. He begins by addressing Herod directly. He says that he considers himself fortunate to be able to make his defense before Herod against all the accusations of the Jews, since Herod was familiar with the customs and the controversies of the Jewish people in verses 2 and 3. Herod had some Jewish blood in him, but would not have been considered a Jew by the standards of the people of Israel. He was sort of a, a mixed blood. Paul asks him to listen patiently to his words, and then in verse 4, attests again to his history among the Jewish people. He says, In his youth, which was spent with his own people and among his own nation and in the city of Jerusalem, Paul lived as a Jew, and this was known to all the Jews. His history as a devout Jew was well known by all. Paul also says that the Jews have known for a long time, if they're willing to testify, that Paul had been a Pharisee, which he calls the strictest party of the religion of the Jews. The Pharisees were perhaps the most devout and devoted to the law, though not necessarily to the heart of the law. They paid attention to the details of their traditions, which expounded the law and interpreted it, often wrongly. Paul then ties his history as a Jew to his present circumstances by saying that he was on trial because of the hope in the promise made by God to his people's fathers, to which the twelve tribes hope to attain as they earnestly worship day and night. Now, Paul says it is for the hope, this hope, that he is accused by the Jews. This is a core component of Paul's message against Judaism. The Jews of his day had made their religion about working to earn salvation. His gospel was, of course, that God had already worked on our behalf in Christ to accomplish that salvation. In verse 8, Paul focuses on the promise achieved in Christ when he asked, Why is it thought incredible by any of you that God raises the dead? This is what they were denying, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and the accomplishment of God's promises in him. Paul says that formerly he was convinced that he should do many works, he should do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth. He's referring to his life before the appearance of Christ to him on the Damascus road in verse 9. And so, he did these things in the city of Jerusalem. He not only locked up many of the believers in prison, having received authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, 
he himself cast his vote against them, he says in verse 10. Can you imagine the weight of remorse that Paul would have felt for having formerly persecuted, imprisoned, and even participated in the execution of Christians? I'm sure this was something Paul continued to think about throughout his lifetime, as we see here from him uh, in verse 10. Paul also says he punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme. Now, I think he's probably looking at this from his Christian perspective here, rather than siding with the Jews. Making a follower of Christ blaspheme would be to force them to renounce Christ's name or deny their Savior. So Paul says, in raging fury against them, he persecuted them even to foreign cities outside of Judea, in verse 11. And this leads right up to his encounter with Christ on the Damascus Road. We can see what Paul is doing here. Once again, he is weaving his own testimony into his defense before the Jews and before Herod here. He has spoken about his zeal as a Pharisee and adherence to the law, and now he will talk about, in the coming verses, what it was that changed his life forever uh, in verses 12 and following. So we have seen Paul's first part of his defense before King Herod Agrippa II, that he is referring to his life formerly as a Pharisee, as a devout Jew, that he was not some kind of uh, crazy, radical, anti-Jewish uh, individual, but that he was actually one of the most devout uh, believers in the God of Israel and in the law and adherent to the law as well. And now this sets the stage for how powerfully Christ's appearance and transformation in his life impacted Paul. And I think that would have been a very powerful uh, way for him to witness to and evangelize the household of Herod Agrippa II. We'll see more of this next time. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.